Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. Welcome to the Balluminati Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Really Presented by <laughs> RP Electrical Solutions, LLC. You can call them at 813-426-6592. You can find them on Facebook at RP Electrical Solutions, LLC. Again, that phone number is 813-426-6592. Welcome to the Best Behavior Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we are live. prepared for all these sponsor reads. <laughs> <laughs> you should actually call our sponsors, see if they'd like to become members of the Bulls Club. I will do that. I will do that. Uh, alumni. Alumni. The entire family of alumni. Beautiful. We need and their help. We need everybody. We'll also have a read later for Florida Wellness. FloridaWell.com for all of your chiropractic and healthcare needs. Florida Wellness. Um, so, uh, okay, Michael. So we are live um, in my living slash dining room here in uh, South Tampa. Um, we got some pizza, got a couple beers, although you're drinking water um, because I guess it's a Tuesday and drinking beer is weird on a Tuesday. <laughs> Never stop me. Um, but I, I guess the, the first question we have, and we'll start with football and then we'll work our way up to things that we're happy about. So, um, <laughs> so to open the season, it's seven and four and there's a, definitely a bowl game. 50,000 tickets are already sold for, for Friday. Um, how do you feel about this season so far? And uh, what would you like to see out of the last two games? Well, clearly, um, you know, the, the reason we're, we're, I'm here and the reason our, our goal for our football program is to be a perennial top 25 program. We've never yet reached that. As it, and I, I refer to that, I talk about the CFP rankings because that's the rankings that, that matter. So for me, having the uh, long-term view of, of, of helping provide our, our football program what they need to become a CFP top 25 program is the goal. And a lot of that revolves around uh, winning the American Championship, which we also haven't done. So anything short of that is, is uh, disappointing. But uh, I can also tell you that that's how our coaching staff feels as well. Their goal is to win that uh, division title. We haven't been able to do it this year, but we are uh, uh, been encouraged the last two weeks to come back and prepare and, and play with with fight. We've been winning against, in essence, two ranked teams at, uh, at halftime and just haven't been able to close it out. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for it, uh, but the fact that they're, uh, they, they fought well and got ready, and to me, uh, you know, is what it is at this point. We're seven and four, we're a winning record, and now we've got uh, a ranked team and a great, uh, great crowd coming in for uh, for rivalry week. And it's all about uh, one of the great things about college football is the rivals that uh, come in. We're establishing a great rivalry with our with our uh, neighbors to the east, and it's uh, it's it's big. So to, to us, it's all about hey, you got to put what's what, what's done is done. Uh, we've got to uh, all get get all everybody on board, players, coaches, fans, alumni, students, uh, get out there and uh, and make it happen on Friday. I know this season has certainly like the last month has been, you know, very difficult for a lot of Bulls fans and things like that. But I think we would all agree that, you know, your school, your hometown rivalry game, you know, doesn't matter if you're, you're two and 10 or 10 and two, like you, you, the fans need to be there and they need to be out in force. And we need to show that there's support for this program that is unending and unwavering. And that is because the people that are there this weekend, that's your base. That's the base of your program. And that's what you're going to have to build around going forward into the future. Um, no doubt. I mean, we've got uh, that is what makes college college football special. We've uh, had a lot of successes this year to get to the bowl eligibility earlier than we ever have to have our 150th uh, program victory faster than any team in the state. And I think sometimes we lose sight of what we accomplished, but we're not satisfied with it. We know we want to grow it. We need to keep getting uh, getting better. And frankly, when you look at the last couple of weeks, I take it very personally when we uh, when we aren't successful, because to me, 
Uh, it just shows me what what I take it from my prism, and if, if anyone cares, is is more a matter of of uh, what do we have to provide as a staff, as a as an athletic director, as a fan base, as a donor base. What do we have to provide to help make sure that our coaches and and, and student athletes have everything that everyone else has? Because frankly, if I'm going to send my guys in the battle, I want them to have everything that they've got. And so to me, uh, I know I've only been here 90 days or whatnot, but it just shows me, okay, I know what we've got to evaluate what's happening on and off the field. But it just to, to me on what I can control is, uh, is uh, being helpful, being supportive. And uh, what do we have to do to get uh, what we need to be successful, both in not just the facility, that's a big part, uh, but what do we have to do to provide from a programmatic standpoint everything that our student athletes need that maybe their competitors have uh, that we don't. Yeah, 90 days. You had more hair and, and it was less gray 90 days I ago. Did. Like, I mean, <laughs> you look great in Newport. <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind of you. So, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I just had to stop myself from give, giving you shit for saying somebody else has gray hair. <laughs> right. Normally, you would just keep yeah. that in. <laughs> keep that in. Yes. <laughs> Uh, as a state of the program itself, what have you seen in your 90 days that will help propel the program to the future and to getting that football facility built? Yeah. Um, and for me, as I've stressed from the day we uh, had a first chance to, to meet each other, I, I knew coming in that it's going to take engagement to an unprecedented level. Uh, we've had uh, had to evaluate staff. I'm just getting to know people, had to get a, a situation knowing that to provide the resources that I know all of our programs need, we've got to put more resources onto the external side. <laughs> and we've, I've, we've been working on that and I have a good, I think, making a good run on that on the development side. Now, in, in the recent departure of Andrew Goodrich, I have to do the same thing on the on the uh, uh, rest of the external side and, and, and see how we can uh, refurbish that in terms of uh, who can help us just engage and expand the brand uh, everything everywhere we can it goes hand in hand with development the brand of the brand awareness engagement uh, is why I try to get out so much I want our coaches to get out as much as possible our student athletes when possible we've got to capture the imagination of this marketplace similar to what we've seen in the last couple of years of the lightning and everything else and uh, you know I don't know what's been done in the past I just know that more needs to be done <laughs> and that's what uh, uh, you know what I've got to focus myself on is get it get it get, get a feel for so one of my by. We've been able to add more people and I feel very strong about having Lalo Prado come back onto our staff to uh, uh, to lead our development mm-hmm. aspects of things. Uh, we've been able to, without increasing the budget by, by any means, <laughs> being able to move people around to get, uh, again, more focus on the development side. We just a week or two ago eclipsed 100 Iron Bulls, which is our highest level of donation, which we've oh, wow. never come close to before. Uh, so when I first met you, we were at like 72. Uh, we're at 100. Uh, so that shows me momentum. And even though, uh, you know, we want a 10 into games to be higher uh, all the time. <laughs> We're second in the conference. We're uh, 25% of where we've been. Student uh, student attendance is at 5,400 a game, which is uh, quite frankly quite good uh, as it relates to not only in our conference, but in the country. So our students have been coming out and uh, I'm excited about their, them coming out again for the big rivalry game this weekend. So I'm encouraged because I see momentum. I see people wanting to be a part of it. I see passion, uh, but I've got to find a way to continue to get more people on the bandwagon and try to create as much positivity around it as possible because people want to join uh, not only a winner, uh, but people that want to be a part of uh, what we're building here. 
Mike, you know that when I worked here uh, many years ago, um, I worked for the Bulls Club and our goal was always to get to a hundred iron bowls. This was from 2002 to 2007. We got like 70, I think we even got to the eighties at one point. So the fact that we have already crossed that threshold in that time since you've been here, like I did not know that you just, and that is amazing and huge progress because that has been you know, that mid to high level gift has always been the most challenging for this program. So that's huge. But Well, it's about engagement and it's about, uh, as a mentor once told me, he says, development is all about uh, basically asking your, your, asking your friends for money. Uh, <laughs> but the key to that is they have to be friends. And if you don't, if you don't develop the relationships, don't have the friends and don't have the uh, engagement, uh, that's going to be hard to do. So we've got to do that. And while I'm proud of what we've done on Iron Bull side, uh, we got to keep doing it on the major gifts. And more importantly, we really need to expand the base just on the, uh, what I'll call rank and file. We just need every, uh, as you guys help help me do in the in the off season with 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 some some smaller donations on the building. But you got to get we got to get thousands just on the one hundred dollar level. Just mm-hmm. just break in, uh, get a feel for us, be be supportive, win, lose or draw. You got to be behind the bulls. And if we want everything that I hear from our fans, they want us to be elite. They believe that we can be elite. Uh, I believe in that I wouldn't be here, but it does take all of us. I can't, we can't do it without the resources. Yeah. And I, I will say, I'll commend you that you have been as engaged as any person I've ever seen in any sport at USF. I've seen you more in the past 90 days out and about at football games, or if I'm ever on campus, just walking around talking to people than I have the entirety of our previous athletic directors combined. <laughs> well, well, thank you. But that's what it takes. I think that's what we needed. Uh, that's what we need to do. And I expect all of our staff to do that. And we're not gonna be able to do it just with staff. I need, we need volunteers. We need people from the Bulls Club. We need everybody that can be an ambassador for us, no matter how frustrated they get about a game, uh, no matter what, uh, how excited they get about a game. We need to just say, we got to get behind the Bulls. And if we want to get there, hey, I'm all for it. It's going to take, take, take you and everyone else to be a part of it. The football facility, where are we on that and funding? And do you have a new timeline for uh, breaking ground, getting developers? What's what's uh, the timeline wise? Uh, one thing that we what we've done is, uh, I mean, the, the timeline is what it is in terms of when we raise the money to, to, mm-hmm. to pay the pay the bills. But what we've done is I, I, I have to check because it depends on when we actually sign the agreements of when they come versus pledges. But it's right around the 12 million mark, which is higher than it was in the summer. We've made good progress. But what we've done, what I've asked to be done and, and, and we are doing is we've gotten much. We've already brought in our architect. We've already have uh, uh, more refined construction drawings in the works. Uh, we've already gone to, to uh, um, you know, be able to prepare to put out the RFP for the construction documents and that sort of, I mean, for to have the construction company on board, uh, we don't have that yet, but once we're ready, I'm getting that in line so that uh, as soon as we get the money, we're ready to go. I didn't want to get to the point where uh, we'd be held up because you, you had seen before I got here, great renderings. It's very, tr- it's going to be very close to that, but you got to get that much more detail to make sure mm-hmm. before you start putting uh, shovels in the ground that, that you're ready to go. So uh, things that we can control, making sure we get what we want, design what we want uh, is in the works. So I feel great about that. The goal, uh, obviously, is to we, we still want to be able to break ground next summer if that's achievable or not it's all going to depend on how hard we hit the engagement page and uh, in the path of engagement and it depends on if we're able to get people to buy into our vision so that's still the goal and, and we've got the ask out there i think we'll get another good, good kick here before uh, the end of the calendar year too i think sometimes the tax year helps in that regard so hopefully we can uh, inch a little bit closer before this calendar year and then really hit it hard this next six months after that and, and the first 16 of 2019 so water slide or no water slide <laughs> I will admit we do not currently have a water slide in the in in, in, in the uh, in the in the works right now. 
<laughs> Patience is virtue. So do you do you see we this? We have as, bush gardens across the uh, <laughs> across the highway. So. Yeah, close. <laughs> uh, do you see this as a? I mean, if you had to make a decision, do you think we'll see this as a two stage project or a one stage project with the? I really think it'll facility? be a one stage. Uh, I really think it'll be a one all all in uh, one time okay. project. And I say that well, you could do it two ways. And I didn't really know enough about that concept before I, I got here. But to me, the design is so interchangeable between the operational units of the, of the football facility, the lounge for the players, the uh, and then kind of hopping in and out to the uh, field and that sort of thing. So it would be kind of it honestly would be kind of weird to have it separately. It's it's it, but I won't ever say never. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll take a look. But that's not the that's not even in my mind mindset right now in terms of uh, we want to get it all built together and be an asset to all of us. What I'm also encouraged about is not just what we can do is I've got the whole, um, the whole athletic department's bought into it. Cause sometimes when I've seen other places, even when I've been other places, you'll be like, Oh, well that's all about for one sport only. And, and, and all, all of our sports have bought into realizing not only is it important to put a priority on football to make us what we need to be and what we want to be. But, uh, I think everyone does see the logical benefits of once that's built, uh, the space that we clear out from football, whether it be in locker room space, whether it be more academic space, whether it be more strength, uh, strength training, nutrition, anything we can add that all the sports can benefit from. Cause you guys have been there and see where we're kind of still very good facility, but how can we expand them out and get, yeah, get, un, <laughs> get, get uncramped. So the fact that everyone buys in is nice. It's a good, uh, it's a, it's a good step that everyone, uh, internally knows the importance of it and that they can see the benefits department wide. I think we've still seen some pushback that you need to put the car in front of the horse and get the, the stadium solved. Um, these, what, what, how can you explain it to them to make sure that they can understand? So we can stop explaining it to everyone. Oh, You're talking about the on-campus <laughs> yeah, stadium they, yeah. oh. So we can just stop telling people that this, everybody thinks they see that the Knights and other schools have on-campus stadiums and they, you know, but the reason that they've gone, made that progress is much more about an indoor practice facility and the fact that they have quite frankly, better facilities than we do. And I would put that way far ahead of where the stadium is in, in the terms of where they have developed and where other schools have developed. Because the players are in the stadium six or seven games a year and they're in the facility 300. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in all due respect to everyone that wants that, I, I, I think an on-campus stadium will, will be great. It can be a great enhancement to campus life. It can be uh, awesome in so many ways. But as a, as a, again, relative newcomer coming in, practically speaking, it just, it, it barely... Uh, it, it's definitely a goal of mine. I think it's something we, I'm glad we have the survey that was done that we, not only from a physical standpoint, but does this see the reality of what the market assessment is? So I, don't misinterpret that I personally don't have an interest in that, but when I come in and, and, and look at where we are budgetarily, look at what we need as the priority, the, the, if we don't build this football center, uh, there won't be the, the team worthy of wanting to build a, an on-campus stadium to make it to make it work. So we've got to become, everything we want to do to get better from our current status of football, all revolves around building that facility. And so that's what we're all in on. That's my whole focus for however long it takes to get it done. That's what we're going to do. And then we can totally dial in on the next one. If that's what our fans slash board of trustees slash president want to do in the future, I'm their servant. But right now I can tell you, and I say this from my time at the ACC, I can say that from my time at the CFP, um, we've got to do this to match our facilities and, 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 and be able to provide what we want. If I'm not mistaken, we're the only one in, not just uh, in the state uh, in terms of even the conference that doesn't have, mm -hmm. so we want to always keep talking about how are we comparing people say you should be doing better than this, that, or the other thing. It's like compared to on what basis, 
<laughs> and, and and right now, as I've said before, if we currently on our basis have uh, don't have a facility that other people in our league have, if we currently are 11th in, in fundraising in our conference uh, in terms of what our, don- what our our sponsor, excuse me, our donors and alumni currently give, uh, we've got to get better. And that's why that's why I'm here and got to, got to focus on. So you've always got to look at relatively speaking in terms of, yeah, we all want this. Are you willing to pay the price of that? We, we, we have had great success as a football program, soccer program, any program you want to look at based on what, what our investment level is. If you want to look at that, our stock has got to be rock high. Mm-hmm. You want to say, wow, right. you've got a team that's performed at this level in football over the last 22 years with this. I bet you we'd be in the top five in the country on that basis. There's no question in my mind. So that's a credit to the players and coaches and donors that we've had. Great. Now we've got to move on from there and get get better and and, and move toward the future. You have you're gonna you say as all athletic directors do, you're gonna evaluate your coach at the end of the season, all sports, not just football, but you know, all your fall sports. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into the other fall sports in a little bit, but um, this is gonna be the first time you've gone through that process. What do you envision that looking like? You know, how do you and Charlie work together on that? How do you and other administrators work together? How do you evaluate the season, whether you do that after Friday or after a bowl game? I don't know when your plans are, but when do you how how do you envision that process working? Yeah, obviously, we're just coming to close with some fall sports or some move into the spring and other and, and other things. To, to me, you're right. I, while I haven't done it before, I've done it in a lot of different different ways. And I, as you can tell, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty objective about how I approach things, pretty calm about it. I like to uh, I've got my own opinions and, and data and, and everything that comes together with it, not just football, every sport. And I like to have that kind of conversation, kind of man to man, man to woman with with our respective coaches. I like to hear where their perspective is on it, how they feel about it, how do they think we can get better. Because I come back to, again, what I feel my job is, is that, and, and why I said I take losses personally, uh, is that I, I've got to understand what, when a coach will tell me what, they, if they've got everything they need to be successful, then you can tell completely hold them a hundred percent accountable. Right. I've got to hold everybody accountable. Of course, you got to got to do your job. Got to do everything that you can. But to me, that's like I haven't done my part of the bargain if I'm not giving that coach everything he or she says that we need to be successful at this level or at a level we want to aspire to nationally. So, so right now I'm probably going to be doing a lot of listening. I'll compare where am I wrong in my evaluation of this or where am I right? <laughs> uh, what changes can be made uh, to to get better and what do I need to help provide you to get us to the next level in terms of what we got to do. So. It'll be a very candid conversation with all of our coaches to see what we have to do and where we go from there. Following up on that point about resources. So these are the results for USF men's and women's cross country since they've joined the American Conference. Uh, In 2013, the men finished eighth of eighth, the women sixth of tenth. Fourteen men nine of ninth, women five of eleven. Fifteen men eight of nine, women five of eleven. Sixteen men nine of nine, women ten of eleven. Seventeen men ten of ten, women twelve of twelve. Eighteen men ten and ten, women twelve of twelve. Um, that doesn't seem like we're. I mean, you you famously said, as it says on Nature, if we're gonna if we're gonna keep score, we might as well win. Um, is that program getting the resources that it needs to be successful? Um, and why has this program been a, a pretty big drag on the athletic department overall over the last six years? 
Well, it's a fair question and, and, and one I frankly need to get continue to get more educated on myself. I would say there's some particular complexities in that sport when you look at how it intertwines with the whole track program mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, where usually you can be totally focused on your one deal. But when you look at throwing events, sprint events, distance, and how does that all intertwine with the number of scholarships, uh, the focus, maybe the strategy of the, of the program as a whole. So while it's easy to look at one team, if you say cross country in particular, but they're kind of a, it's almost like a five headed uh, yeah. team, mm-hmm. uh, team that, that I've got to get a better understanding of from, from, from them and how to do it. But clearly, um, you know, that's not the, that's not the, the standard we, we, uh, can, can, can have here and that's not what they what they want either so uh, that's clearly a, a program we've got to get a better a better handle on and understand how we can have the championship experience that those student athletes deserve you said it on the first time you were on the podcast uh, in Newport that you we would have to change our expectations if they're not getting the proper resources do we have to change that well right now this is just what the, those programs are going to be because the resources aren't there right now for the programs. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not, and I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm saying it as an evaluation to say, okay, because I, I take that personally on my side that I want to be able to provide what they can, or we, we, or at least educate our donors to, to, to say, this is what we need. And if that's not a compelling story to them or what they need and, and, and want to give that, you know, that, that, that's a different referendum, referendum, <laughs> but, but, but to me, um, I know I'm still still relatively new here, but that is part of what I have to do. I have to get a baseline of understanding where we are and where we need to need to be. And so that's what's nice about the strategic plan that I inherited. There was a lot of great things that were laid out in that. And now it's going to be great for me over this uh, first year of mine to be able to uh, see if that had changed at all since it was done a couple of years ago. And, and how do we reassess that and kind of put new uh, new goals uh, in there? Because mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's something that's been neglected, we either have to uh, address it head on uh, or uh, or be able to tell the story as to why it's being that way. So I've got some work to do in that regard. So the first sport you're going to add is beach volleyball. <laughs> I mean, we've been saying this for years. Like it just, it, it almost yeah. makes too much sense. It's, it's scholarships, it's opportunities. There's some build in there. We are looking uh, into that very strongly. That's another thing. That's a, a goal of mine this year is to kind of have a really good assessment about future sports. And so uh, we've had a lot of discussion as you all well know, and have talked about before on the rowing. Uh, we've also got uh, beach volleyball makes a lot of sense. And as I've said in other forums, I think women's lacrosse would be a, another sport that we already have a facility that granted would be shared, but at least we don't have a facility facility expense on mm-hmm. that side that uh, we could do. So I think those are all great things. Cause I think they're all, um, uh, you know, emerging sports in, in, a, in a very positive way on the scholastic side for, for, for girls and women. And uh, I think it would be a nice asset for our, for our program. Again, it just comes down to, it ultimately comes down to, to resources because we've got a lot of scholarships to pay for and, and uh, programs and, and, and all those things that we uh, currently have a lot of needs for. Uh, we better ask this question or else USF hockey, who uh, is yeah. very, <laughs> they are very active on Twitter. They're great. They're, they do a really wonderful I do job have to get out and see them play. Yeah. They're, they're a lot of fun and I they love, they I would love, love to have you out there. Their activity on Twitter is great. And in fact, they do such a great job that I've had many people say, Hey, how, how are you, how are they doing? How are you evaluating? And I was like, Hey, I love them, but I don't, I don't nah, know. Them. And they're not my, and they're not my, uh, uh, they're, <laughs> they're not, not currently mine. in our department. Exactly. But, uh, uh, anyways, I do have, uh, I'm excited. I mean, they, I like the way they branded. I like the way they've been getting around the state playing. So I, I look forward to getting to know them better. It's, it's exciting to see anything that expands, uh, kind of an athletic mindset and, and, and the USF brand in an athletic way to me is important. And not just in this Tampa Bay area, but in the state and ultimately, and most importantly, throughout the whole country. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple things, uh, 
back to football before we go to basketball season. Uh, the bowl game, uh, lots of people are going to want to know. <laughs> sure. Um, he told us off air. We know everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we know if we need to take off work. They lie. They lie. <laughs> so uh, where are we headed? Uh, honestly, don't don't know yet. Uh, I would be. Um, I know we're not going to Birmingham as I as I, as I, as I, as I promised. Uh, I promised. Seriously, and I've got three Pete Birmingham Bowl shirts, just <laughs> crates of them. Damn it! And in all seriousness, seriousness again, we we. Uh, you know, I have to say that's nothing. Uh, when I say it tongue in cheek, you know, the experience there is fine. It's a fine bowl game, but I don't, I don't ever think it's ever in the best interest of any any team uh, to go to the same uh, bowl. Uh, usually, sometimes, often, even two times, but certainly not three times in a row. Uh, it was a big reason why when I was at the CFP, we, you know, rotated the the semifinal bowls. Anyways, we had uh, geographic dispersion to where we put the championship game, so it was it was hoping to not have teams go to the same place. So that's the one thing I, I know we won't go to. And uh, other than that. Uh, We'll find out. I have a conference call uh, every Wednesday now with the conference that kind of gives us new insights into it. And we won't know for sure. And ultimately until uh, until ultimately selection day. But uh, but uh, we'll we'll find out soon enough. (laughs) There is an open date in 2019 on the schedule. Have you guys figured out who you will be playing? I know everyone wants another P5, but, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, I've, I've, I'll be in a position to announce. There's a lot of things going on in, in football scheduling, quite frankly, that I'm excited about that I that I hope to announce uh, cumulatively together with a lot of things going on. Um, but we, we rest assured, we do have a game. Uh, it, it'll be an FCS game, I can tell you that much. But it'll, uh, it'll also create a seventh home game. Uh, so next year, uh, to be able to stay at home seven times will be great for us. It helps us with our, uh, helps us slightly with our uh, rent and lease arrangement. But it's also just great not to have. The travel costs to go to go away and, and obviously help us with potential revenue on, on a ticket sales. So uh, when when some season ticket uh, information went out recently to uh, renew a big, big reason uh, would try to get that was to get at least notify people that there is going to be a seventh game. So I can assure you of that. But with already having, uh, uh, you know, four conference games, already having Wisconsin, already having BYU, uh, we feel very good about our home, home slate next year. Yeah, I, absolutely. And a TV deal. Uh, that's going to be a big thing coming up here soon. Uh, I believe the windows opened to this negotiation or pretty close to it this year. Yeah. This, 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 this year it opens up in the winter time. Um, the, uh, that's the most vital thing for our conference this uh, this year. Uh, this academic year, it's all about the media rights deal and commissioner Oresco and, uh, uh, different consultants that are involved in that are going to have to be really prepared and work very hard on it. I know they are. And because uh, that'll be vital, anything that we can do to improve upon our current uh, revenue situation that we get from our media rights deal is, is vital. So um, I can't say it any more plainly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just a huge part There's, of the year. We don't have a lot of control with, over it other than to be uh, supportive and, and, and flexible with some of the things that we already do uh, when we play played a Friday night game this year. We, you know, we played Thursday and Fridays in the past. I know that's a hard adjustment and I don't know what's going to be involved in the future, but, uh, uh, Hey, there's no other way to say it. Elevating our, uh, our, our 
rights from a media rights standpoint mm-hmm. are, are huge to our, to our revenue base. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but Jeff Bezos just put in a bid on a whole lot of 22, TV, 22 TV, mm. regional TV networks today. So yeah, I mean, um, every bit of potential competition that could come into play would be important. And every bit of whether it's us or anyone else in our conference when they play well. So I know it might hurt people to, to, to look at what might be uh, happening in the, in the conference as a, as, as a UF standpoint. But the fact that uh, we started off well, the fact that UCF has done well, the fact that Cincinnati was ranked last week, Temple's had a good turnaround this season. The, the, uh, Memphis has been competitive. So the, the having four, five, six teams that can be talked about realistically about being ranked is very good for our conference and very important for us as, because again, all the sports are important, but being competitive in football is, is vital. And uh, when I was at the ACC, we used to suggest that, you know, the media rights deal was somewhere like an 80 to 20 standpoint in terms of football being the, the, uh, the, the lead horse, if you will, in terms of how media rights are evaluated. And I would dare say it might even be even more than that now. And that was back in 2010 when I was working with mm-hmm. the ACC on, on deals then. So football is king. And that's why the American having a competitive football conference, having, what are we at now? I guess we'll have seven, maybe, maybe seven, eight teams eligible for bowls shows the depth of it. And that's a good thing. There's a famous story of when the big East, big East negotiation was up, it was all 16 schools together. And, um, they came in and they said, well, the meteorites deal is going to be 75, 25, 75% for the football schools and 25% for the basketball oh, schools. Okay. Right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and one of the basketball, um, presidents got up and said, one of the priests and said, um, well, shouldn't it be the other way around? Aren't we a basketball conference? And mm-hmm. that sort of began the beginning of the end of the mm-hmm. peace conference. So. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, but you know, all the sports get the exposure and, and, and that's a great thing. I'm sure we'll continue to elevate our exposures and we want the, the fact that nowadays we can pretty much watch all of our sports in some mm-hmm. fashion is mm-hmm. wonderful. And that's great for all of our Bulls programs. And I'm sure that will continue no matter what. Yeah. Uh, th- let's just move to basketball. I think, uh, okay. I think we've kind of touched on everything football wise. Do you have anything else you guys want to perfect? So we're a basketball school. Yes. I think it's pretty <laughs> official. We're a soccer school. We're a diamond school. I, it's, yeah. it's, we, are the, school we are the country school. club school. We are. Yeah. Country, <laughs> it, well, spring of rings is a real thing. Uh, a low sailing. <laughs> exactly. Men's basketball three and one dropped a heartbreaker. To Georgetown in overtime, uh, took a miracle shot at the end of the four, uh, end of the second half to even get it to overtime. In your three months, how how much have you seen from the men's basketball program that maybe coming in you're like, oh, the program's probably not in the best shape. Yeah, I only knew about it from the outside, and I know how the tough times we we had had in, in some 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 very recent years. But uh, I was excited about what I knew because I knew of Coach Gregory from when I was at the ACC, and certainly watching from afar uh, uh, before. And uh, when he had, had such great success at Dayton, and knowing his pedigree from Michigan State and everything else that he's done, not to mention throwing alley oops to David Robinson uh, mm-hmm. at Naval <laughs> Academy as a player, but. Uh, I am so encouraged about our, our, our basketball. Uh, we already know what our, our women have been able to do and continue to build. And 
and become a, a perennial top 25. I, I am an absolute believer that we, we can and will do the same thing on the men's side because of the generosity of uh, Pam and Les Muma. We've got, we've got a facility and practice facility that are second to none. The Yangling Center is a fantastic place to watch a game. There is no other basketball product in Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay market that, uh, uh, exists and and not only the fact that we can give you two quality products is 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 is, is great and so it's it's going to be a real focus of mine. I know I haven't had a great start to uh, jump into it, but personally, basketball was was my love growing up. Uh, it's what I played. Uh, I wish I had half the talent that our men and women on this team team have, but uh, I love it. I, I think we're gonna. I, I, it's gonna take some steps, but uh, we're gonna make a great stride this year in men's. And we're going to keep growing because I, I don't see any reason we can't succeed. I think we've got the right man, the right staff at the right time, and uh, all the facilities are coming together. So I'm 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 just fired up about basketball. I can't tell you enough. I think the big question is what kind of player were you in playing basketball? <laughs> were you a shooter? I was uh, a I was, slasher. I, I, w- I was I was I was hot and cold as a shooter. I had some good nights, but I was much more of a distributor. I was, okay. a, good, I was a good passer. I really was. <laughs> but that's what I do now. I pass. I try to sit. Pull on the right spot. Yeah. So women's basketball, uh, best team on campus. Yes. I don't. Best you, basketball team from Atlanta to Miami. Probably. Yeah. 100% right now. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lose your best player since Courtney Williams and you blow the doors off Oklahoma three days later. Yeah. I mean, that. That effort. It was a great performance. It was great effort. It did just show the depth of what uh, Jose and his staff have built. And again, we're going to keep keep going in that direction. It's a shame. And we all are all of our hearts break for for Kit. Uh, but we know she's going to come back strong uh, for her career and for everything she wants to do. But uh, yeah, what a great atmosphere to celebrate Jose's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, certainly hope. And, and I, they're, they're going to have a great trip this this, this week. And, and and playing some, as he calls football, uh, football uh, five sc- schools, and, mm-hmm. and we'll see, we'll see how we how we do. But I I just love you know it's somewhat unusual as an athletic. I mean certainly a lot usually uh, have direct supervision of football. Um, I, I love the basketball. I I, I I directly supervise men's and women's basketball, and uh, I like the synergies of. It. I know the marketing of it should be slightly different, <laughs> but just the fact that I just uh, really admire both coaches so much and just believe in them. Uh, just has me fired up about uh, what I might learn uh, this year that we can really take more uh, springboards to uh, help support them that much more in the future. But you're right. The women's program is just a delight to be around and it's, it's, it's back to that theme of engagement. And that's what I think Brian and his staff are doing too. We can't, it's not fair for us to expect people to give to us or follow us. If we don't, if we don't make ourselves present, if we don't engage with them and gosh, Jose has done that for 19 years and, and, and Brian's, there's nothing I've ever asked Brian to go to or attend that he hasn't done mm-hmm. as well. So he's he's of the same cloth. And I did notice that the uh, 275 billboard is now a basketball billboard covering up the previous super duper one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why that one's taken down. I yeah, guess that, can't imagine why we would no, ever no, take no. down a billboard that we just put up that <laughs> yeah. never happened before. <laughs> We once did a big four, bill for, big four billboard, Mike, after we beat Florida State. What was it 2009? Yeah. We beat Florida State in 2009, and we put up a big f- billboard on uh, I-275 saying, it's the big four now. It is. And um, 
that didn't go real well. And in fact, Jim Levitt like screamed bloody murder and made him take it down. <laughs> Great story in USF history. <laughs> I can't imagine Jim Levitt screaming. No, not really like his style, not his style at all. So, um, you, you, you mentioned supporting, uh, those programs and I know the women's program, uh, and golf and tennis have had this problem with the TOEFL. Mm. Um, women's basketball lost a five-star kid for the, from the TOEFL, uh, Men's golf has lost two players who played in the Masters. One guy who turned pro this year and has made over a million dollars. There was a story in Golf Digest calling USF uh, Harvard in the uh, of the Everglades. Uh, Harvard on the Harvard on the Hillsborough. It's a uh, it's uh, that's been the reoccurring theme. And uh, uh, when we found out that um, USF wasn't able to get in the the Latvian. Um, Luis Septa from Latvia. Uh, we did some digging, talked to some former coaches and whatnot, and uh, one of them said it, it's mind-boggling how difficult it was to get players into the, the school because USF holds themselves to such a high standard. And the coach was telling me that four years ago it's gotten worse than it was four years ago and i think the correlation may be the push towards preeminence um where where's your where are your thoughts on the toefl and uh the wiggle room that you may be able to provide that maybe wasn't there previously and it's not just toefl it's even for american kids that we have a lot of kids that are ncaa qualified that are really talented that just aren't able to attend this university and they walk right in the door at other fine state institutions across america um and then get in there and they can't get in here and that happens frequently and across a lot of sports yeah i'm still learning some of that as well i would first uh, i would take a slight exception with the TOEFL side in that I don't think it's a lack of willingness because obviously there's been a lot of examples, particularly in our women's basketball program that have come in and performed at a very high level academically. So it shows that it can happen. And, 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 and I've heard, um, and sensed a lot of, uh, uh, support for that and wanting to support it. I, I think we've got to continue to find ways really in terms of just getting some from emissions. It's not so much a, a will. I think we've just got some, some, uh, ways that we've got to codify the the, the rules the, the right way so that, uh, that we can make sure there's never any exception because there can't be an exception for the student athlete aspect in terms of, uh, you know, hurt doing anything that might make it a special, uh, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't hurt the, uh, the brand. Yeah. Bottom line it has to be, a, well, it has to be a compliant. I don't mean the brand. I mean, it has to make sure it's, yeah. it's a compliant okay. way to get in. So, so to me, I, my investigation of it is that, uh, there's a there's a, a will to get better at that, and we've really just have to work together to make sure we've got it uh, uh, written up the right way. Quite frankly, not us. It's more of a missions and, and more of a uh, uh, university side. But it's it's not a it's not wanting to not help us. It's it's more a matter of I think we just have to 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 get it adjusted the right way. And I mean to to that point, uh, and I will say this: I think that a great uh, one thing I'm so grateful for uh, that it was different from my predecessors is that Dr. Genshaft. Uh, provided me access to being involved with her senior VP meetings. Uh, never before had that ha- happen, and so that's so I, I was aware of this issue that you're asking about. That's why it's new. But I, I would also suggest that the fact that that I can um, have a closer relationship with the provost and what's happening on the academic side and understanding how it all comes together, it helps us ask questions and hopefully find solutions. So I'm I'm encouraged about what we can do in the future, and I think 
uh, frankly, while I think there are some points that Colin has mentioned about uh, people getting in and getting out, we, we do have a balance that we have to adjust. But at least if I can understand that balance in terms of what uh, what kind of special admits there can be as long as they're qualifiers that we can have across all sports, mm-hmm. uh, then it becomes more of an internal decision for us on how we spread it out to what sport as opposed to not getting support from campus. I'm convinced that, frankly, we do get the support from campus, or at least if that wasn't the case before, I certainly feel that uh, that spirit is there right now. Okay, fair enough. What has been, in your 90 days, what's been the biggest quirk that you've noticed about USF? Biggest quirk? Well, I'm, I, again, what I've sensed is that, uh, I don't know if it's a, it's a great question. Is it sitting at this dining room table right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a quirk. <laughs> to me, it's, a, it's, it's not a quirk. It's the passion of the fans that I want so badly because that's what it's going to take to succeed. But trying to somehow find the right, the, the right balance of the, of the passion with realism about where we are right now. <laughs> and so uh, I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to diminish the passion at all. <laughs> I want people to look at the, the results that we expect and anticipate. And is it a fair critique of where, of where we stand? And, and for me, uh, that's what I'm still starting to get, get a group with. So I, I guess if I had to narrow it down to a much shorter winded answer, it's that it's not a quirk, but to me, it's, it's the, I've, I've experienced more passion for us here than I anticipated. <laughs> and to me, I think that's a, that's a good thing. And, uh, that's what gives me hope, uh, that we can continue to grow our base and be able to provide the resources that I've stressed earlier in this, in this, in this podcast. When we look at less than 1%, as we talked about in, in, in August, less than 1% of our 365,000 donors that have ever given a dime of any way, shape, or form to the USF athletics is is something that gives me great hope. <laughs> I know that sounds maybe contradictory, but to me that means, wow, we've accomplished a lot of great things. And when you talk about all of our programs, there's a lot of success there. Not done yet, but there is some good success. And wow, if we can get up to 1%, 2%, 3%, <laughs> build the facilities that we need in, in the next year or two, uh, that's where I think we take off. And that's where I think our engagement and our relationships with what we have here with the Tampa Bay Sports Commission, with the city, things that are happening in the city in terms of the growth, that's where I really believe. And that's my vision and how it all takes off at the same time and why we have to be connected. Because as Tampa Bay continues to grow as a market, we're the institution there right where they're with them. And if we can kind of draft off of that and build our own enthusiasm and, and, our, and our own uh, momentum, uh, that's the key to me. So so it's, it's either your combination of passion and or uh, realism. <laughs> and to your point, it is very easy, especially for us to forget that we are not even not just as a football program, but as an institution as a whole, very young. I mean, we're, we're less than what, 70 years old as a school where football program just was able to start drinking at 20. (laughs) So, and it's, 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 sometimes it's hard to rectify the expectations with the fact that, you know, when I was born, this program didn't exist. So you you said that very well, a lot better than I did. It's just uh, more succinct and to the point, Mm -hmm. but I, I don't, I passionately don't want any listeners to misinterpret that. It means, oh, well, we're just buying time and making excuses. That's not it. I, we, we want to succeed. There's not a person in the Leroy Salmon Athletic Center, or there won't be ever a person <laughs> in the Leroy Salmon Athletic Center that doesn't want to succeed. Um, but we've got to, uh, we've got to sometimes take a step back and just look at, all right, where is your basis for what your expectations are? <laughs> 
we're going to find and continue to hire people that have that are setting the ultimate goal of what I've what, what I've said to be to be a top twenty five program in any sport that we play to to win the American. That's the goal. That's realistic in some sports. It's not realistic in others, and we've got to make it so it is realistic. Um, rapid fire. Uh, best meal you've had since you moved here. Hmm. Dang, it still always comes back to Cappy's deep dish pizza. I'm sorry. Really? Uh, <laughs> all right, so we got Sally O's for dinner tonight, and and I think Sally O's will. I mean, it'll it, run for its money. It'll. It's yeah. really good. It's not deep dish, but it's it's fantastic. I did have stone crabs at uh, at uh, Ulele last night. Oh. The special of the week. It was very good. It oh, was wow. very good. That's hard. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. That place is amazing. <laughs> um, best craft beer you've had local since you've been here. <sighs> I haven't had any, but really, let, let you down. I haven't done it, so you gotta, you gotta help me out. This is man. This is <laughs> well. So what's what's your what's your drink of choice, and we'll go from there. Yeah, we'll see what I, the palate I'm, is. I'm admittedly, not a huge drinker. I drink I drink uh, Malbec red, red red wine, and okay. uh, so I'm open to that. And my after uh, dinner, if I really am stressed out with a lot of emails or tweets, uh, I got to. Uh, <laughs> so how are your I, mentions? I like I like, I like a little. Uh, I have a small bit of sambuca on occasional nights. That's my that's my Ooh. that's my drink. I got the coffee beans right over here. If we had, I don't know if I have the buka, but I got the beans. Um, do you have um, Do you have any regrets about? First of all, by the way, the corgi race, I would say, is probably the best, most successful thing you've thing had, we've like done. This, in, no, not just that you've done that we have done as a program in years, and oh, the fact that you got to be better than that. No, we're not kidding. Like it's really, yeah, it's really not a joke. Like it's been, it was a just the fact that it came authentically and that. People were so excited. That was the loudest cheer on that day in the stadium, you know? And Most so it was from Heath. <laughs> he's pretty excited to be the the guy who started it and the guy who won. But well, that was um, fun. I mean, that's rigged. a good example of engagement. And if we uh, if it's something we can do and it doesn't it's respectful and it doesn't hurt, we can we should have yeah. some fun. And and that was fun. So but but the question is, is do you somewhat regret the level of openness that you have shown on social media, which by the way, all of us, that's exactly what this program needed. Um, there, it needed transparency. some transparency and somebody who's honest and open. And I think that's the thing that you've brought to us that has been the most welcome breath of fresh air. And, you know, uh, I don't regret it at all. I mean, uh, there, there's, uh, cause I, I agree with you. I think that's what we need. Uh, I think sometimes there'll be times where people have to be respectful with my openness because it be, can become very sensitive and I've got to take uh, take that into consideration. But uh, when it impacts the fans, when it's something they're trying to do, if it's something I'm trying to do to help build Bulls Nation in a positive way, I'm going to be there. Uh, so hopefully they'll, they'll build respect there and I think people will, will respect that. But yeah, I, I it's all from my press conference on, it's all about engagement <laughs> and it starts with me. And so I've got, I feel I have to do that in this job. Maybe I wouldn't have to do it if it was another place, but for a place that's growing a <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, place that we need everybody on board that we can get, I don't know any other way it's going to get done. I'd, I'd be remiss. It's yeah. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is in two days. What is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Uh, I enjoy the uh, honey uh, roasted uh, ham at uh, Honey Baked Ham. Oh, nice. Oh, excuse me. Ham and the turkey. I really yes, enjoy yes, the turkey. Yes. So Fair. That, that's my traditional favorite. So circling back to the corgis, <laughs> the, uh, Raymond James suspended, as I understand it, the no live animals on the field thing for the corgi race. Is that correct? Oh, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Oh, <laughs> maybe they just let us. Maybe they let us go. I don't. I don't. Oh well, I, that was a, always the thing I heard. Does that open the door for us having a live bull? 
<laughs> I don't think so. Uh, there's a lot of other things that go into the live bull category, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not well versed on that. But I don't uh, think he wants PETA in his mentions. <laughs> no, uh, USF yeah. fans are <laughs> in there enough. <laughs> Do you? Um, Actually, I had one from um, our friends at UCF. I did a podcast with them last night, um, getting right out of the week. They asked, "What was what is your relationship? What was your relationship with Danny White before you got here, and what is it now?" I guess we assume that you knew each other from your time in the ACC, and also with the yeah, playoff. Yeah, we uh, we had met and knew each other a little bit. We didn't know each other well. I, I, I'm I'm pretty cl- well, not as close as him, but I am pretty close to his father from my time at the ACC when he, he was at he was at Duke. But uh, so Danny and I had met when I was at CFP, and he was still at uh, Buffalo a, a few times, but it's been, uh, it's, it's been very professional and, and, and cordial. We talk a lot at the meetings. We, we might, I think we've probably talked every couple of weeks since I've been here and he was very gracious and welcomed me to the league. I think the, in a, in a tweet the day I was announced and then we talked shortly thereafter. So we're building a relationship and clearly I think we both know that as we, uh, a key to our, our futures, not only here in the American, but whatever could be beyond is all about, uh, both of us being the best that we can be and, and frankly, building a very healthy yet robust rivalry with each other. And that's what makes it fun. That's what's fun about this week in, in football. So you guys don't have any wacky bets in store for, uh, <laughs> we haven't hit the wacky bet oh, okay. stage Not yet. yet. Not yet. It'll get there. It'll <laughs> get there. Uh, do you think that you guys are tied to the hip? If there is conference expansion, are you guys tied to the hip? No conference is going to take one without the other, or do you think one uh, of you may be left out in the, I think it's more likely that it would be together. I mean, I think there's a lot of different uh, paths and opportunities that could 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 make it different in that regard. But I think the most logical and the most likely scenario would be if there was a two teams and you would bring uh, you know two of us together that had a healthy rivalry that were both successful that were both in great great media markets. So uh, I don't think that's the only path and the only scenario, but uh, I do think it's the most likely. All right. I, we've held you long enough and you're going to actually dinner down one block away from here at Burns Steakhouse for dinner. Have you've been to Burns before I take it? Oh yes. Yes. But I get to my family's in town this week. So I get to take them tonight. So looking forward to it. Very nice. Well, thanks for doing this, Mike. I and, appreciate it. And we really like, again, it has been amazing to see. And, uh, I know the openness, I'm sure that your mentions involve Malbec many times because of the things that have been said, particularly <laughs> the last month. Um, but just know that I, I don't think any of us, and we are, you know, we're, we're the toughest critics out there probably that are out there. And, and I think all of us would say that we are very excited about the future of this program, where things are going, not just in terms of football, but in terms of an athletic department holistically, um, you know, and, uh, I, I just couldn't be happier for the fact that you're here and that I think we're going to get some, some things that have been a fundamental problem long-term these things are going to get fixed and people should be excited about this program. And I know it's been rough the last month, but go to the game, go to the game on Friday. It just means so much to this program. They need the attendance. You know, if you guys want to skip a Tulane game in, in week 10 and when you're a you know huge favorite and whatever, I mean, it's not great, but we get it, but you got to be there for this one. Like it just, it matters to the health and the future of the program. It just matters too much. I mean, we, I hate to say complain, but we complain, point up uh, issues left and right, but we still go to every game. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Vito, That's ask it. a question. Yeah, say something. Jesus, Vito, you've been sitting here all day. <laughs> so I, I do have one question. Is a hot dog a sandwich or not? 
I don't know enough about what you said. I I I consider I consider it one, but I eat I eat Taylor ham sandwiches are my big deal. That's what uh, I eat there too. Pork roll. That's a northern <laughs> guy right there eating pork roll. That's, That's cool. what I eat. pork roll. It's the best on a, on a, a potato roll. It's nothing nothing quite beats. Oh, that is so Philly right there. I just got back a couple days ago. That's the most Philly thing ever. You didn't want to ask if you would rather fight a duck sized horse or uh, horse sized <laughs> ducks. <laughs> Uh, just to get all the internet questions out of the way. That's too much for one. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. We appreciate it. Thank you all yeah, for having you. me. Appreciate uh, all your support. And and as I said before, it's it's uh, appreciate everyone's passion and, and and just know honestly, there's there's nothing I've seen on Twitter on any email that I I didn't already know. So I'm, I, I, <laughs> I do I do listen. We I know. do evaluate. But um, appreciate the passion. But I do want everyone to just understand as they balance that just knowing that every we need everybody to get to where we want to go and uh i can't say any more simply so uh it's it's going to take us all we all have great visions for it and our i, I promise you the coaches and the and the players of all of our sports are into it wanting to get there uh we want to get there as fans we want to get there as administrators uh let's let's rally together there's there's no way we're going to do it it's just a, it defeats the purpose if we just kind of uh, uh attack for attack's sake so let's Let's pull it together and let's let's uh, let's let's go get the uh, get the golden knights on. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Leave that in. Leave it in. <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> so and just as like the the things that we talked about before we actually started taping was there. There's that institutional trust deficit that USF fans feel burned and everything. Doing things like this, that's how that gap starts to close faster okay. and better and things and things like this really help. So now you have to do it once a month. Once a month. We'll see you next week, Mike. See you next week. Uh, have a good one. Go thank balls. you. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. All right. Well, thank you to Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly, for joining the Blue Podcast presented by RP Electrical Solutions, LLC. Uh, it was really nice of him to Is come the- all the way down to South Tampa, even though he lives in South Tampa. Yeah. To, <laughs> come, lives, to come to Collins he's House. He's my is, neighbor, and I didn't know this, and I would have made it so weird if I did. <laughs> like, you know, I, it would have been one thing, like, if he lived, like, on the other side of the world to have him come here, but I'm like. like north well, of he, Kennedy. Yeah, or north of Kennedy. But, like, <laughs> he lives, like, like not that far away. So I literally like, got. Come it, over. I drove straight here from my house. It took me 10 minutes on Bayshore. It's not hard. He's really good people. And like, that's why we keep saying, like, we've said this for a while. Like we are absolutely in the right hands. Everything's going to be fine. I know we're all frustrated by, especially the last four weeks of the season. Oh yeah. I, I want to make it clear. He is gone. He does not condone anything we say from here, <laughs> from on, here out. on out. <laughs> it's on him. He, he gave, he gave us a little guff for being negative, And honestly we have been, but then again, they the team, earned it. Eh, sort of, kind of, sort of. We were right. We were right. Oh God. Don't As say he, we were right. No, he, he did it in a very, very diplomatic way. He right. basically said, you know what? You don't always need to be negative. And he's right. We're a cynical group of bastards. Let the kids enjoy what they have and don't say, get off my lawn. If we're cynical, it's because I stood in the crowd and Skip Holtz promised me a f- son of a, yeah, a national championship, the lion. We have U.S. The- <laughs> Purdue, please hire him. Yeah. It would be hysterical. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. That's a thing I didn't even know. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. It was Skip me. Holtz uh, to Purdue is just it's like the beigest of fucking that is hires, the of most hires. Purdue of Purdue moves yes. ever. You Do guys, it. You guys nail your Jeff Rom hire and then just, you're going to, Oh, you're going to get holes all over you. Oh God. And it's really hard to oh, get man. off. And you got to, you got to fumigate. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I think we should recap this game. Um, can I go first? Cause I was there. I will. So, um, 17, nothing halftime. So Kelly and I missed each other actually because we went to the pregame event, which was at um, 
um, Xfinity Live across the street from the stadium. Fantastic event. Alumni Association did a great job. Crowd wasn't as good as it was in some of the other ones I went to this year, and that kind of makes sense, you know, when you start losing some games. Well, Philadelphia is awful. And they were probably all at the Lightning game. Yeah. There were people who actually went to the pregame event in Lightning jerseys. So, I mean, yeah, you were one of them. No, no, no. I didn't go to the pregame. Oh, it was not the day before. The day before. Uh, yeah. The day before I was wearing a lightning jersey. Um, so we go, uh, you know, we walk over to the stadium and it just a really nice group of people. Everything couldn't have been nicer. The weather actually wasn't that bad. It was like chilly, but it wasn't ridiculous. Like Florida chili or Yankee chili. Like Florida chili. So like, like 68. No, no, like 45. That's cold. Buddy. Nah, it wasn't that bad because it wasn't that windy and it was like, it was kind of nice and you, you know, you put the layers on and it's not that bad. That's, That's okay. It's 45 is fine. It's like when it's 25 that it's just like miserable and painful. Yeah. You know, like the difference between 45 and 25 is. Well, that's everything. what we're saying. That's why I said Florida cold, not Yankee cold. Yeah, it was fine. So we had a, a fine, you know, and then, um, obviously some beverages, they may or may not have had us have a little travel mimosas walking over to the stadium, which oh. thanks to our friends at uh, Xfinity Live for that. They were wonderful. So we go over the game. It takes like forever because I'm with my friend Kristen. She's got a purse. Apparently purses are like a felony. This, in, this <laughs> happened in my girlfriend in Chicago. Yeah. They walk, luckily they had $19 per goddamn hour uh, lockers. lockers. I paid yeah, 15 we, bucks an hour yeah. for the locker. You know, just so we, we got the locker, put it in there. So we finally get in the stadium like i think we missed like the first three plays of the game because it literally took like 45 and then the guy the locker the guy gives us doesn't work it's a whole freaking thing so then we go and they have arrogant bastard ale which of course fits me pretty appropriately it does so we were drinking a lot of those and bad joke ale (laughs) (laughs) and uh and we get a couple turnovers moving the ball we get some stops and it's 17 nothing at halftime. There's two minutes left. We got three timeouts, and it's third and long for them. We don't use those timeouts. No, why would they, we do that? And, and they back up 10 and punt, and, and we just let the clock run while they punt, and they take a delay of game penalty and then punt. And we save no time, and we plow the ball into the line twice. And then Charlie Strong says after the game, uh, well, we knew we were getting the ball back in the second half. So when I saw that was the decision, um, I had 0.0% doubt when we're up 17, nothing on the road against a team that we clearly have more talent than that. We were going to lose this game. I had zero, zero percent doubt. That's just and, the way this year's coming, flushing out. That's and, unfortunate. And that is the state of USF football right now. Stop being negative. I mean, you know, no, I'm not negative about it, the long-term health of the program. I'm yeah. negative about what I have seen this season. There have been and some I think that's fair. Very, yes, there have been some very, 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 very questionable calls here and there. Some adjustments that needed to be made that didn't get made. And some adjustments that didn't need to get made that got made. So, I just, let's just focus on Friday. I just still cannot get over that that final possession of the first half. It it will haunt me in my sleep. The malfeasance. Oh, there it is. There it is. Love you guys. Of just letting the clock run down. Uh, we need a soundboard of Colin yelling malfeasance. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Fido, what the hell? You have a you literally have a soundboard. But so <clears throat> you guys don't think I already have that? I have that, and you guys doing a dubstep remix, and you yelling at cats. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, we we need it. All right. What so, are you holding back, Sterling? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when y'all execute a little better. <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. By the way, how real do we keep it? We say the same things here that we do. You got bit. starstruck. Uh, I did. He's a nice guy. He's the greatest. But. He's really nice. And honestly, so everybody's, by the way, we should we should put this out there. Everyone is going to ask us, well, why didn't you ask us? Is Charlie Strong going to be the coach next year? Because that is the most unfair effing question That's you could ever ask. Question. Three days before the last game of the season, that is not fair to the coaches. That is not fair to the players. It is not fair to anyone involved with the program. I don't want to hear it. That question is, I mean, look, man, that we'll deal with that when the season's over, whether it's after a bowl game or whether it's before a bowl game, because coaching carousel starts earlier and earlier every year. We'll deal with that later. And there's already been a few coaches hired already. So, no, we couldn't we couldn't ask certain questions because they are unfair and that would be a dick move. Um, he, he came to us. That's yeah. the. Yeah. We're not we trying didn't have to, to go up to USF to. Colin doesn't go north of Kennedy if he no, doesn't now my have life, to. I mean, unless I'm going to armature works like every, he did for lunch today. That's every time it. he does it, his hair turns a little grayer. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, it just made more sense for Mike to come down here because yeah. he lives close. And the fact that he's the kind of guy where you can just say, hey, just swing by. He and, sat in your living or your, yeah. uh, I guess this is a dinette. Dine, dine, dinette. Your my, nook. It's your nook. It's my nook. It's my, um, my dinette nook. He sat in the, in the high chair that I normally reside in and he answered questions honestly. And I mean, he did it with a little bit of AD speak, but that's his job. I mean, we, yeah. And honestly, like we, I, I could not be more excited about the future of this program. The most famous person we've had on the pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta think about that. Mike Oresco. We've had Mike Oresco. Okay. Well, oh, uh, Kevin Nagandi. Kevin Nagandi. Kevin Nagandi. I have no idea who that is. Ken Numatololo. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? He's, he's my favorite. Yep. Um, so offensively we sucked. I think that's fair to say, uh, 3.7 yards per play is the worst yards per play average for USF in a game since 2014 in a shutout versus UCF. So yeah, Mitchell Wilcox, Missed time. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the picture I posted, but Blake Barnett's leg should have been shattered on Saturday, but he fought through the, the for all of his faults. Um, he's missed throws this year. The dude has been beat up like a rag doll and he's still like the, the fact that he's only missed one game is a nothing short of a miracle. Um, kudos to him. Uh, it looks like he's going to be back out there this weekend. Uh, hopefully Mitch is out there. Um, Charlie said multiple times that Mitch is a warrior and he'll go from there. Um, just the second half was pitiful offensively. Um, it, if it's not a dive, it's a five yard hitch. There are no out routes there. The f- five to 15 yards in the middle of the field does not exist. If you just play cover two with your safety shading the boundary, you will stop this offense. We're 11 games in. If a, a bunch of rubes like us yeah. can stop it. For sure. And, and, and you know, the fact that there was never a doubt, there was never a level of momentum, like we got problems, dude. And I think you're going to see, you know, I think you'll see some changes after the season. You know, Michael's going to go through with, Coaching staff makes some evaluations, you know, on what he saw. And by the way, as he said, he's seen everything y'all send him. He's seen all the stats. He's seen all that stuff. Let the man do his job. Stay out of his way. No matter what decision he makes, um, you know, 
this guy gets the benefit of the doubt and uh, we'll see what happens, but it's going to be on him at this point. And you know, whatever he chooses to do, he chooses to do. We'll see what happens. Yep. Um, I mean, previewing, let's preview this Hi, game gonna, a little bit. Hi, they're going to win. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you want to say? Like, they're yeah. going to win. It's 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 about whether we lose by a little or lose by a lot. I don't I don't know. We'll see. Um, I have the the one scintilla of hope that I have is that um, last year, you know, I would say was probably the best called game of the 2017 season against the Knights. Um, that the diamonds was more dynamic than it was in any other game. And I would also say that part of that was because Quentin Flowers just went. I'm growing flowers. It's my last game and we're going to do whatever the hell I want. Um, and I think that was a big part of it. Like so 605 total yards, something like that, something like that, just 505. Maybe I'm giving him a hundred more yards than he had. One of the most magical things we have ever seen on a football field at USF. Um, that game's a coin flip. Charlie calls the right kick coverage after the, the touchdown to tie it and the two point conversion to tie it. Who's the special teams coach? Well, Charlie called the kickoff coverage though. He ate that one. So we'll put that one on him. Okay. But Mike Hughes uh, runs back the kick right in front of you and me. Um, forever. We are forever. <laughs> Man. If you oh, watch the Lord. tape going back when he gets to about the 20 or 25, it's, it goes right by both of us. You can see us on camera. Um, and um, yeah, super painful and brutal. But look, they're not as good as they were last year, but we're a lot worse. So they're a little bit worse than they were last year, and we're a lot worse than we were last year. Um, they're playing really hard. They got something to play for. They're playing with confidence. Playing with confidence. They Which uh, USF is lacking, apparently. Yeah. Charlie says we're not playing with confidence. So I wonder why. Maybe because you don't have any confidence <clears throat> in your team when you're up 17 nothing, get the ball back and try and make it 20 or 24. Negative. Um, I'm sorry. Like, no, it's inexcusable. It's fourth and four. Um, and, and get me the right spot of the game. Tell me when it was fourth and four, when we punted and second half. Yeah. Um, cause I want to make sure I have the time and score, right? <laughs> I mean, not that you should ever be punting on fourth and four on the plus side of the field, like basically outside of a situation where you're just trying to kill the game off with a lead. Um, but that's inexcusable. I mean, you want to talk about malfeasance? That was malfeasance and we have math. You want it? Yeah. All right. So we are, it's third quarter. USF is up 17-10. Uh, Temple had just uh, kicked a field goal after the fumble by Johnny Ford on the mesh. And USF drives down. They start at their 20, and they get it to the Temple 41-yard line. Um, on third and eight, they run a four-yard route to Jacob Mathis. <laughs> Literally That's no right. route goes to the sticks. That's right. I forgot about that part. <laughs> Uh, so on fourth and four at the Temple 41, USF punts the ball. 25-yard punt by Trent Schneider. Fair caught Temple 16. Uh, there's an illegal formation because, of course, and Temple gets the ball at the twenty at their 21-yard line. Nine plays, 39 yards. Nine, pl <laughs> nine plays, 39 yards, fourth and four, and you net – and it's a net 20-yard punt. Um, that is – look – we know the math of football at this point. Everyone's got computers. Everyone's got laptops. Everyone has access to the same game data. That decision has no basis in fact, reality, or math. Scared. It's not just scared. It's it it's an ignorance of the of the science and the math behind the sport. It is fundamentally 
incongruent with where the game is going and what it should be. And there is, I, you, it is really tough to tell players to justify the faith in the men that are chosen to lead them when they show no faith in you. And And especially with the way this defense is was playing in this game, they're getting paved. All right, this defense held Reichwell Armstead to 63 yards, 22 of which came on one one play. They shut him down after his 210 yard six touchdown week last week. And to not trust your defense to not give up a touchdown, maybe even hold him to a field goal. 60 yards is still a long way to go with how well what's this the, defense was playing. What's the difference between 60 and 80 when the easiest yards to get on a football field are the ones between the 20s? That is math. That is just math. That is true. So when it's easier to get those yards, why would you allow the other team to march down when you don't think you can get four between the 20s? So you're going to give them the opportunity to get the ball back. It, the... <laughs> It's I am so angry. I am really working myself up here. And it's it's so weird because on that first drive, you saw it. You saw the speed option for a touchdown. Beautiful. There was some creativity. There was a smoke and go that I mentioned I mentioned earlier in the week. This was a play that was a staple in 2016, 2017. Hadn't seen hadn't seen it much this year, and we hit it for 20-something yards. And then there was one point in the game where, you know, I'm you know, yelling. I mean, I'm calling the plays before. I'm doing that. Every, I do that every game. I call the play before it gets snapped because we all know what it is. And there was one where it was on our side of the field. So I guess if you're on the camera side, it was on the left side of the field. And I I said, you know, that we hurry up to the line on first down. And I'm like, oh, dive because I'm calling every play. And then they actually threw the ball outside to McCann. like a bubble on first down on a hurry up. They actually threw the ball to the And I was like, whoa. And I think he got a first down on the on the carry. Um, and it was like, th- where was this? There was an injury after the play, too. But like it was it was like, where has this been? Just you don't have to have a huge playbook in college football. You don't need the freaking West Coast 700 page Bill Callahan. The golf crap. course the offense was seven plays. I've got eight. that. I've got that. On, I thought I've got it on good authority. It was under 10 plays. Yeah. Oh, for, it was definitely under 10. All right. It wasn't and, a playbook. It was a play sheet. Okay. It just had options. <laughs> That's and it's simple and effective. Lethal simplicity. Some might say lethal simplicity. That's all it's supposed to be. And you don't need a super huge playbook, but you know what you do need? You do <clears throat> need some ability to change it up. And you mean make adjustments? I just, I mean, Tyree McCants had three catches. Tyree McCants should never have less than five catches in a game. Tyree McCants should never have less than 10 touches ever. It's, it's unreal. We saw Jordan Cronkite kind of get back on track. 17 carries, 83 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Johnny Ford, 14 carries, 58 yards for the fumble on the mesh. And I, Deron Bell, welcome back, buddy. He's the best. Yeah. I was like, where the hell he come from? Yeah. Look at that. Uh, he caught a pass. It was a, it was a wide receiver screen or a running back screen. He caught a pass. That was the seventh catch by a USF running back this season, uh, except one of the seven. Johnny Ford was lined up in the slot. So it eh, doesn't really count. Right. So there we go. Um, man, I just I, I don't know where to go from here. And I had a really funny my cousin Vinny reference about uh, 
the mesh point and how it should be dead on balls accurate that I don't think anyone really got. That's a, it's an industry term. It is an industry term, but uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I, you know, I got so much crap on Twitter at halftime for saying, why did they sit on their hands and, you know, we're up 17, nothing, you know, shut up. And here we are. Here we are, seven and four reeling going into the rivalry game where Charlie Strong hopes that they don't outnumber us. Uh, the US that UFC the UCF athletics page trolling the shit out of us yesterday with uh, that quote and uh, challenge accepted. We'll um, we'll by the way, we, we do want to allay a rumor here. There everybody's bitching about tickets being given away to this game and all this stuff from Chick-fil-A. Guess what? Chick-fil-A paid a hell of a lot of money for those tickets to be given away at their locations as part of their sponsorship of this game. You mean Dunkin' Donuts? Dunkin' Donuts. Like I said, Dunkin' Donuts gave, gave a hell of a lot of money away to um, make sure that they had these tickets at their locations ahead of this game. This I think was, it's part of their uh, buy some donuts, see a plate of donuts, coach program. Oh, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Underrated. Plate you're of right. donuts. You're but right. you know what? That plate of donuts is 11 and 0 right now. So, um, yeah, his team's 11 and 0. Um, we've got two tickets to give away courtesy of Pablo Iglesias to Paradise. Uh, oh, nearly, <laughs> nearly Paradise. Um, by nearly, I mean not at all. And by not at all, I mean you mean uh, West Tampa. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. All right. Well, whatever. Like, this is not good enough. We're not very excited for the game, but go to the game anyway. Go tailgate, have fun. Go you get know. the extra tickets from Dunkin' Donuts. Go out at halftime, fix a drink, come back in. You know, take your lumps, like, you know, but just be there to support the program. It's never the kid's fault. It's not the kid's fault. It will never be Don't the kid's fault. engage C fans. If they say something to you, just walk away. Yep. All right. So uh, the three questions this week were who scored the first points in the one I four rivalry. That was an Andre Hall one yard rushing touchdown in 2005. Uh, number two, what two I knew players that. caught game winning touchdowns from Matt Grothy to beat the Knights in 2006 uh, or in 06 and 08 in Randolph? And 06? Oh, you don't say that. I was going to guess. OK, I, who's 08? Ian Randolph in 08. Mike Ford. No. Uh um, three seconds. Bah, bah, bah. Taurus Johnson never would have gotten that. And then the last question was in last year's game, what two USF players went over 100 yards receiving? First time it had happened since 2001. Those two players were Tyree McCants, McCants, who set the USF single game record with nine catches, 227 yards, I believe. And Darnell Solomon. Oh, when he had hands. Ouch, man. Not his fault. All right. Yep. Uh, and the winner of the tickets is Zach Addison at Addison Zach. Congratulations. You have won two tickets. Congratulations. The game. They will be at will call. They'll be at will call. Do we have anything else that we need to discuss? I want to talk about women's basketball for a minute. Um, Look, man, like we got problems right now and things aren't good. And the, the, as you know, Mike said, the, the football contract is, worth that much more to your media rights. And that's because it's worth that much more to your program. And and that is the rising tide, the rising boat. When football's good, everything else seems a lot better. Um, but for what that team did to lose kit and then just come in and paste a, I mean, you know, that was Oklahoma, nice yeah. Oklahoma's women's final four team was five, six years ago. Like they're when Courtney Paris was there. They were freaking 
ridiculous. Like that is a team with a tradition and a history. And they came into this building. You watched your best player and you paved their ass. Like <clears throat> that is just I cannot say enough about that team. And that team is the one that gives me belief that we're going to be okay. Because if you go out and you invest in the community, people that don't go to men's games, don't go to tennis, don't go to golf, barely go to football, are so invested in that program. And there's a, and that same thing's happening with baseball and it's happened with Kenny and softball for years. There are people that are, that get out in the community and they invest and that's what makes, I mean, look, women's basketball, they, they have a sub 500 season next year. They're still going to draw the year after. Yep. You know, they'll be fine because they have a base and a core. If they go under 500, Jose left or something like some no, terrible, something crazy, happened. some right. nuts happened. But, and, and like, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know the iron bulls thing. And that's, but that's, and the thing with iron bulls gifts, it's unrestricted giving. So that is a million dollars straight cash homie. Spend it how you want to. Okay. That you, if to be an iron bull, it's not like, well, I want my $10,000 to go to this program or this scholarship or not straight, unrestricted, straight cash homie giving, unless that's changed since I left, but that used to be the rule. Like any additional giving you go beyond that. That's great. But iron bull is, wait, is it 10 or is it 50? 10. You can go 25 or 50. There's other levels, but like the base iron bull is 10 K. I will get there one day. No, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, again, uh, there was the biggest fuck you three I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, I Sunday. saw the picture. Woo! Laura Ferreira, uh, they run like a pin down for her uh, to get her like a corner three. She drills it, comes back down, gets a stop. Uh, two on one transition. She sees her defender kind of scoot back to defend the layup, just stops and pops and buries it. Mm. Absolutely buries it. Laura Ferreira, the only senior left on the team, now that kid is out and she is, she is your defensive stopper and she can also pour in 34 points, uh, career high, eight, three pointers was a career high. Most shot attempts, career high. Uh, Jose said at the beginning of the season, he wanted her to be a 15 to 17 point scorer. Uh, she's done that and more. She was the player of the week for the conference after, uh, 19 points against Bethune Cookman last Thursday and then 34 points on Sunday. This is ridiculous. The the girl is amazing. She has the best hair on campus. Do not at me there. I don't even care if there are any other pictures of anyone else. She is awesome. I'd like to point out. I've been a very big proponent of Laura Ferrer since at least last year. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think about Laura, like, you know, she's, she fought through some injuries too, you know, especially, you know, earlier or two ago, she she was really fighting some leg problems. And so just, she's, she's, been here for five years. It'll be her fifth consecutive NCAA tournament that she's been a part of. Um, Two more years to beat me. Well, she didn't get to play in one because she had to redshirt thing. Exactly, but she was still on. The she team. was on the bench. Um, uh, they're they're in uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands at the Paradise Jam uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday against Kentucky, UNC, and UCLA. So watch out for them. They could revenge game, revenge game on UCLA. Just oh, like we're revenge game. Just like revenge game, Ohio. Oh, we're going sure. revenge game. UCLA. Oh, hell yeah. And yeah. Who were the dumbasses on Twitter that didn't get that joke? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, dumbasses. Just, yeah. We have our own look, man. The, the, the Knights are on their own level in terms of t- stupid on the internet. Uh, oh, and but shout, we got our own sometimes. Shout out to Ryan Smith. That, oh, oh my God. Ryan. Beautiful. Fantastic. You, 
I love you, buddy. You're an angel. Son of a bitch. <laughs> You're an I'm angel. mad you didn't come to Philly with this this weekend because he's, you know, he's family's from there and he's up that way. There but is, like, there's another time joke bomb that's waiting to go off. We haven't gotten oh confirmation if it's exploded or not yet. He's just, he's so good. He, I love that kid. Yep. Um, that I think that's it for us. Uh, we got to get out of here. Um, again, thank you so much to Michael Kelly for coming down and speaking with us. He does not have to do that, and yet he no, did. I barely <laughs> want to come here. <laughs> I live here, and I don't know if I want to be so, here. So, uh, super appreciative of that. Um, we'll see you guys Friday. Uh, thank you for listening to the Bluminati podcast presented by RP Electrical Solutions LLC. Call them at 813-426-6592. Find them on Facebook at RP Electrical Solutions LLC. And also, let's like thank our other sponsor, Florida Wellness Medical Group, uh, CEO Eddie Leonard, USF graduate. Great guy for all your physical therapy, chiropractic. If you get injured in an auto accident, they have massage therapy, acupuncture, um, even things like hormone replacement therapy. It's a holistic, really great people that take care of you um, and let them know you came from the uh, Illuminati podcast. Um, but if you've got any kind of injury, you just got some pain somewhere. Um, you know, there's a lot of scam artists out there in Florida. Um, these guys will take care of you and they'll do it the right way. Um, so again, Florida wellness at floridawell.com, uh, five locations in the Tampa Bay area to serve you basically from like Pasco all the way down to like down here in South Tampa. So, um, check them out. All right. Thank you. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.